Hype Beast and Hype Radio. I am Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. Over the many, many past episodes of The Business of Hype, we've had the pleasure of hearing from legendary icons, major industry movers and shakers, and true trailblazers. But in actuality, whether you've been in the game for 30 years or just three months, each person has something that you can learn from. This week, we have a special treat where we get to hear from someone who's on a meteoric rise with what looks to be a trajectory of being a staple in the art and design world for many years to come. You probably saw her Ikea sandal on Instagram, maybe her Kodak camera slipper, or her sweater made out of Carhartt beanies. The list goes on and on. She has obviously a very keen eye for repurposing existing brand materials to create some of the most wild and weird looking footwear, apparel, and accessories concepts that you've seen. But deeper through lines are abound in her work. Branding, corporate initiatives, upcycling, the environment, giving back, social media, and female creative empowerment. So I needed to hear all of this firsthand. Let's welcome the very strange brain that is Nicole McLaughlin. Welcome to the show. Uh, I, I love having sort of like new up and coming people that like are on the meteoric rise. And what's really cool about like today's society is like someone could just feasibly come out of nowhere. And I know you didn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> you came out of somewhere. and We're yeah. going to get to the somewhere. But you kind of came out of nowhere and then like this hockey stick, like boom, overnight, <laughs> like the closest thing to an overnight sensation that you can have really in this day and age, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm really uh, honored and blessed that you came into the studio. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Who are you? What do you do? Sweet. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Nicole McLaughlin. Um, I'm a graphic designer at Reebok, but I've developed quite this side hobby of upcycling and making stuff out of other stuff and just trying to like I don't know bring bring it into the fashion world bring it into the world in general so you're a graphic designer by by trade yeah graphics and I mean it didn't start off as graphics it's um just kind of what I got into after college Mm -hmm. um I can kind of talk about like where I started in that regard but yeah we'll get to that (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I mean it's still a full-time job for me, still still a graphic designer, um, nine to five, and then pretty much every night, all night, every weekend, mm-hmm. just making stuff. And like, the more you do it, like the more, like you can't stop. Like yeah. I just can't stop now. <laughs> That's awesome. So you, you're full-time, that means you live in Boston right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, living okay. in Boston. I've been there for three years. Mm-hmm. I started as an intern. It was like a year-long apprenticeship uh-huh. doing, and I was doing graphic design for sport. So I was okay. doing like running graphics and mm-hmm. all over print tights and that kind of stuff. And then was introduced more into like the classics world. And I yeah. was like so into the archive and all like mm-hmm. the the old school Reebok stuff. So I was like constantly doing research and then was fortunate to get a job doing graphics for classics. So I got to do all like throwback t-shirts and cool. ASOS packs and uh-huh. <laughs> all those fun things that come with it. But yeah. yeah. And for people who don't know, like, yeah, Reebok is sort of differentiated because... 
there's like Reebok's kind of funny. There's like Reebok CrossFit, which is like a whole universe onto itself. Yeah, that's not me. <laughs> Full <laughs> that, disclaimer, that's that is not, not her. me. Okay, well, I mean, if you do that sport, it's probably like the shit. Yeah. Right. If you're yeah. into that, yeah. So, yeah, I could. You're not CrossFit <laughs> material. <laughs> no. um, and then there's there's Reebok, uh, like sort of the main line, mm-hmm. right? And then there's Classics, which is like heritage and stuff. Yeah. Which probably most listeners of High Feast. Know of that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's good that you landed in that. So before we get into what you do now, I think it's really important that the listeners understand like your pedigree and where you came from. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you're young, but you still obviously came from somewhere. So where were you born? Where did you come from? Let's start from the beginning. All right. So I'm from New Jersey originally. Jersey in the house. Jersey. (laughs) I'm from Monmouth County. Oh, no way. My dad is the manager of Monmouth Mall. (laughs) Really? Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> <That's> so random. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty iconic there. <laughs> um, yeah, but so, you know, I'm from New Jersey. I always get like the eye roll when I say that. Um, mm-hmm. Like living in Boston is any better than yeah, living I know. from New Jersey. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I grew up, my parents were both like really supportive of me being like creative. I was always drawing, always like doing mm-hmm. something artsy. My mom's actually an interior designer okay. for, like, commercial spaces. So she was really like, hey, like, mm-hmm. feel free to do that. Like, yeah. don't hold back. Right. And so I never felt like I couldn't express that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have an older sister, too, and she actually went to FIT in okay. the city. So she did, like, knitwear. So that was pretty cool. Like, we both were pretty creative. into yeah, yeah nice. creative stuff. Um, and then in high school, actually... I took like one graphic design class and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a deaf boyfriend mm-hmm. while I was in high school. Cool. So I learned mm-hmm. sign language. You're like fluent sign I'm language? fluent in sign language. Man, I really want, that's like on my bucket list. I <laughs> okay, really want to learn sign language. We can make that happen. Just so I can like talk shit about people yeah, in public places. Yeah, it's really, actually really convenient. And also, wait, so I, not to digress here, but when you know sign language and someone else does, does that mean you can talk to each other from like opposite sides of a room? Yeah. As long as you can see them, you yeah, can talk to them. Yeah, exactly. That is so cool. <laughs> it's really, really nice. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, I didn't know sign language, but mm-hmm. I, like, met this guy, and I just thought he was cute, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's deaf. Like, I should just learn sign language, like, not knowing what that meant, and, like, went home and was like, oh, my God, like, learn the alphabet, like, and then we kept in touch, and, like, we ended up dating for, like, three years while oh, I was in high awesome. school. So, I mean, we're not together now, but it was really cool because, like, I had the opportunity to, like, challenge myself and, like, learn this outside of school. So yeah. I kind of feel like that's, like, I don't know, like, very important thing in my life is like all the stuff I have like my nine to five or like school I'm always trying to do something outside of that um so spending a lot of time doing that but yeah so I actually chose the college that I went to because of that because I was gonna study speech language pathology you were into this dude I was into (laughs) this dude yeah (laughs) well we broke up um (laughs) but I still went to pursue that in college and like quickly realized that I was that was not what I wanted it was okay. like it was like neurology and like mm-hmm. it was just it not was creative no it wasn't yeah. creative I was like into it for the sign language not for all the other stuff that came with it yeah and that w- what school is this East Stroudsburg University okay. so it's like it's in Pennsylvania in the Poconos and like the mountains <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and so like wonderful place to vacation yeah <laughs> living yeah it was pretty off the grid um and like I mean they had like that program so that's like specifically why I went okay. there 
And I was also playing college lacrosse for a little bit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so you're really good at lacrosse. No, I'm not really that good. But, but it, it helped me it helped get me into college. Wow. Um, and I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was just like, I realized I was like, this isn't something that I need to like spend all my time doing. So, And could, how is uh, East Stroudsburg's graphic design department? So... <laughs> Just so wanna... notable. <laughs> yeah. It might, it might very well be. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's it's very small. So I went originally for speech language and then like quickly realized like, oh my gosh, this isn't what I want to do. Do I transfer? Like I was mm-hmm. looking because my sister was going to FIT. I was like, should I go there? Right. Like I Having was just, the time of her life probably. Oh right. yeah, never sleeping. <laughs> and she wasn't really selling it on me. But I was like, maybe... Like, maybe I should be switching to an art school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was doing, like, a gen ed that was, like, a photography class that we, like, I chose that specifically. And I was, like, in this one building that was, like, on the on the other side of yeah. the campus that no one would go to. But they had, like, all this production stuff. They had, like, a small, like, TV production studio uh-huh. and, like, a photography room. And I, like, found myself gravitating towards right. that. And I was, like, okay. Like, they have a program, but it's really small. And I was, like, mm-hmm. maybe maybe I can make this work. Right. But it was also like your own world. Like mm-hmm. you, they kind of had a whole planet for you over on the yeah. side. There, so and like cool. no one was using it. Yeah. So like and th- you'll hear this later again. It's like finding those small little resources that you can. And like I like found that and I was like, OK, they have like cameras I can rent. They have like mm-hmm. computers that I can use. So like I'm going to hang out here. Mm-hmm. So I ended up staying. Graduating. And graduating okay. four years. And I. yeah. What did you switch to finally? It was digital media technology. So I did like sound recording. I did like commercial. I was like on like the the radio. Yeah. <laughs> but like I did like radio plays and like. Um, How is that like, different than the DJ? Were no, you the DJ? No, no, I wasn't the DJ. It was like I had to do like the commercials for like the school. <laughs> like it was like oh. me. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Um, but yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was just like a good experience, I think. And like, so another thing about that major was it was so low key and like they really didn't demand that much out of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of what you made it. And so like <laughs> I gave myself like so many projects. Like I was constantly like any free time I had, I was like trying to make something or yeah. like put together a production or like get my friends together and like do something. So yeah, I was cool. like, busting my ass even though I didn't have to yeah that's very entrepreneurial you yeah, know? yeah I guess so now that I think I'm picturing it. like a t- like one instructor in this building and like when you came in there he was like what I have to work now yeah. <laughs> like I have to yeah. do something Shit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> not hating on them they've actually like really upped their department and okay. I think they have it's a bigger department now than it was back then which is really okay. back then like three years ago but it's still like really cool that people are like going there now thinking like oh like i can actually pursue Create. this yeah yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah so it was good and nice. then so while i was in my last semester there that's when i was like applying for a bunch of things mm-hmm. and trying to see like what that next step would be and then i found the apprenticeship for reebok online mm-hmm. and applied for it and didn't hear anything for like six months and it was like the day before i was gonna graduate still didn't have a job uh-huh. anything lined up you applied at a bunch of places though, I uh, yeah, yeah and nothing nothing, nothing. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah indeed does really not work. nothing no, no no one wanted me and then <laughs> so i don't know i guess it was like kind of last minute for reebok but they like had to still fill a few roles for this mm-hmm apprenticeship program and they gave me a call like the day before I graduated and like did an interview and they're like you got it and I was uh-huh. like 
oh my god like what i'm going to boston <laughs> i'm going to boston <laughs> like never been there just accepted a job there wow so did they house you no i had to go find a place <laughs> i had a month and i was just like drove up there that weekend was like yeah that's dope i mean that's it was you know, lucky that's a, it that's was brave. lucky yeah. that's really brave thank you it was really scary but it was like i needed to do it or or else i had to stay at my parents house so it's like yeah. we're moving Time like it's advance. done i'm like right. i don't care where it is but i'm leaving yeah. so yeah and then i, I want to ask you more about your your upbringing because sure. like i could see in your creations there's like a dna of some knowledge of history of sneaker culture fashion outdoors mm -hmm. like so what were you into when you were like young yeah. what kind of fashion and were you a sneakerhead? Like, what no, was going on? I was not. A, well, okay. I wasn't a sneakerhead, but I was really into, like, skateboarding. And I was mm -hmm. really into skate, skateboarding guys, I uh -huh. guess. That's kind of what yeah. gravitated me towards that. Deaf skateboarding guy. Oh, no, yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he was. <laughs> he was a deaf skateboarding guy. <laughs> and it's so sad because he can't hear this podcast. <laughs> We have to figure out a way. There's like a technology for this, no? I don't like, know. <laughs> we'll do a closed caption okay, like yes. for him. Yeah. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so shout out Jake, even though he won't feel that. <laughs> um, okay, so you like skate culture, so like, aka skate guys. Yeah, yeah, I like skateboarding guys. And then... I, yeah, I was into, like, I mean, I wore, like, stuff from Hot Topic, but I was into, like, Osiris's and, like, mm -hmm. D, DC's DC, yeah, and, yeah. like, Etnies and, like, right. that kind of stuff. For and, like, sure. and like Converse, and I would always, like, do my shoelaces all fancy mm -hmm. and, like, draw on my shoes, like, that kind of stuff. But I wasn't, like, a Nike head or, like, okay. even, I mean, even, like, Reebok and stuff like that. That wasn't really on my radar. Okay. I just kind of wore what I thought was And you weren't even fun. into, like, I thought you'd be, like, a camper well okay so that i mean this kind of comes in so i'm not like from the wilderness i think people think i'm from like <laughs> yeah, the boonies totally. and then they say i'm from new jersey and they're like oh <laughs> who are you um but yeah i mean i i've been in outdoor i don't know i've been into the outdoor stuff yeah. for a while but i mean i think going to school in the woods yeah. kind of helped East with Strasburg, that yeah. Strasburg in the middle of nowhere like kind of helped with that because like there was some really cool like camping stores around and like pretty low-key stuff um but I do remember like as a kid wearing like L.L. Bean and like mm -hmm. uh North Face and yeah, that kind of Columbia stuff like, Colum stuff. oh my yeah. god so many Columbia jackets and like I remember like because I would ski and like snowboard as a child and so like I'd always have like that jacket and I'd try to see how many like ski tags I could get on it in like mm -hmm. one winter and like keep them all on until it was Yo, like this big thing. That must be a Jersey thing. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. gotta be some weird with the metal hook. <laughs> yeah, and, it's such a Jersey. And then the paper starts just peeling yeah. off the metal hook. Actually, one of my favorite things today now is because I find so many Columbia jackets. I love when they have those ski tags on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I get like super excited. I'm like, what year is this from? Like, when did you go skiing? Yeah. Okay, so you're in. So fast forward a little bit. You're in Boston. You've mm -hmm. got this apprenticeship, and it's like a full time job. It's like nine to five. Yeah. And are you like stoked on life right now? I was stressed. I was <laughs> so stressed was out. It, was it not paid? No, it was paid. Okay. It was good. They. I mean, you. It was pretty close to like being a real person. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still had that buffer of like, okay, I'm still like an intern or apprentice. Like, if I mess something up, like it's it's not gonna like crash and burn yeah. but at the same time like you did have a lot of responsibility mm -hmm. and I made sure that I was in a place that I can like take projects on and like be like hey like I want to be that person you can rely on yeah yeah um 
but yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty stressful. And to be honest, like I, the first like few weeks there, I was like, so, so nervous, like Mm -hmm. freaking out because all these people went to these art schools and they like were really talented. And I was like, I don't even like, do they know, did they hire the right person? Like I, like, I was so convinced that they like made Messed a mistake yeah. and I would just like showed up there. And, and one like, day they'd be like, Nicole, come in. <laughs> yeah. I was like, was I error. was like waiting. I was like looking at my watch. Like, when is this going to be over? Like, let's enjoy it. Did you have a portfolio <laughs> review? Like before? Get, yeah. Oh my God. I put together like a PDF and I didn't have any like apparel design skills at all. Like I had like a few like photo manipulations on like the videos that I had done and like, I didn't. I had one T-shirt in my thing, and it was for a bar crawl for my college. <laughs> <laughs> and I put that in the thing. You're too. like, oh, fuck I was it, like, going here, in. here, it shows my uh, apparel. So you had skills. like TV stuff, video stuff, mm-hmm. one T, one T-shirt. It was such a janky. It was a PDF. It was like so just thrown together. I didn't know like I didn't know what CADs were. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know like what a proper portfolio tech pack i didn't know anything and so like damn it was so scary going there yeah but you know what we got to give kudos and props to the reebok h and hr person <laughs> that saw a diamond in the rough with your pdf the like glimmer yeah here she was like something's here man this bar crawl tea is like <laughs> we have to have her <laughs> It was, They're right. <laughs> I, I yo, I don't know. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. No, but I mean, I felt with that. I had that underdog mentality. Like mm-hmm. I busted my ass that year. I did not like. I didn't live in the apartment that I was renting. I was like sleeping there at and the office. Literally, I got in trouble for sleeping there. Wow. Because I was like, I was. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't say that. No, but it was because you were so like. You just wanted to show and prove yeah, so bad. I did. And like, I just was like, I can't like miss out on this. Cause I knew this was like my shot of like staying in the industry. Cause it was like, if this ends and like, I just go back home, like mm-hmm. I'm no, like, that's yeah. it. Like that was it. Oh, that was a fun you, run. You like, would pick up the reins of Mammoth Mall manager. <laughs> like, yeah, that would be your... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you would hand that baton down. <laughs> father-son business yeah oh my god oh my god yeah so yeah. it's desperation that, like for you to stay yeah it yeah. was like survival mode mm-hmm. um but i have to say i learned a lot about myself that year mm-hmm. and like the corniest way possible just because mm-hmm. like i don't know i was like i have a work ethic and like i have yeah i have talent i just need to like I need to work mm-hmm. f- to find that. And that was like the testing ground for That it. was, the, yeah. Do you remember any moments where like you, f- like the confidence meter moved up because you were like, holy cow, I did something and everyone around me like kind of likes it. Yeah. I mean, any? yeah. And like, I think like I started getting samples back and that's such a surreal feeling, I guess, if you're in this industry and like for in sure. design and mm-hmm. like you get your first like sample of something you made and usually it looks like garbage but Mm -hmm. it's still like exciting to see it and you're like wow like and I had to say like the other apprentices with they were doing like really great stuff and like but I was getting like so many samples like like so much work and I was kind of realizing like my manager gave me the opportunity to take on more work than mm-hmm. like a lot of the other oh, apprentices okay. had. I see. So you were getting more samples. I was samples getting than other more people. samples yeah. and I was like, huh, like, okay, interesting. So uh-huh. like I didn't really realize like how much work I was actually doing. And then there was one like pivotal moment where I got this project and like 
I didn't know anything about it. And this is like, this is to show you like how much you can learn in such a short amount of time. Cause I didn't know who Vetmont was. Like okay. I didn't know of this brand. Okay. So Vet and Mon- I was like saying vitamins. Cause I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. And I was, I mean, <laughs> You're I, from Jersey. So. Uh, yeah, I could just <laughs> that's how you that. say it in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they, uh, Vetmont was doing a collaboration with Reebok. With Reebok. And so they sort of, they said there's this project there's this project and mm-hmm. it's this fury this like scribble fury and like it was like a full pair of shoes and they gave it to me and they're like we need to mass produce this and it was a handwritten on shoe and i was just like by what? them by him by yeah by demna, Dem- demna. and Garam. but yeah they like sent over this like white pair of furies that was all scribbled on was like figure it out, mass produce this. The samples that you had done before, were they apparel samples? They were apparel samples. So I, <laughs> I, was in a footwear, I wasn't a footwear designer, but it was graphics. So they were like, oh, graphics, here you go. Okay. And like, I don't, it was, it was a project, but I didn't like, I didn't know. I was just like, okay, like mm-hmm. I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. It's probably better that you didn't know. It, oh my was. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thank God. I, but I like then had to take these uh-huh. shoes apart. Like this pair of Furies oh, sh- with their handwritten like, it smelled like Sharpies, and I'm, like, looking at these shoes. Like, if you look up these OG shoes and you see, like, the scribble all over them, you're going to be like, how is this mass produced? Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't think people understand, like, what it took to yeah. make them. Like, oh, it's, like, drawn on. Uh-huh. And it just was, like, to take apart every single piece of that shoe, which has, like, how many elements on yeah. it to begin with. And then... So, wait, you just started ripping them apart. Mm-hmm. Like That's thread, So, this is my, intro- my introduction to seam rippers was at this <laughs> moment. Um, so yeah, so then I took apart this shoe, like very carefully, and then I had to like scan every individual piece. Mm -hmm. I had to create Photoshop brushes to mimic like the bleed of like putting a marker marker on a fabric and like, cause it's, so it's a sublimation, which is like a treatment that you use. That's, it's like, um, paper press Mm -hmm. pretty much that transfers like the graphic onto the material. And so... I, I like was just learning about sublimation and like how how can I make this look handmade? Yeah, this took me so many hours, <laughs> so many. I, this is when I started sleeping there. So uh-huh. it was like <clears throat> once I realized like who that Ma was and like did more research mm-hmm. about them, mm-hmm. I was like okay, these are pretty important people. And then I was like neurotic about it. I was like, they're going to know if it's not in the exact position that they drew it yeah, in. So like, awesome. yeah. So I mean, you've started to have respect for what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And like with that project working mm-hmm. like this, when that sample came back and it looked right and like people were, I mean, people were really excited about it back then. Like, yeah. like what is this shoe? Like who is Vet Ma? Who is, why is Reebok collaborating with them? That was such like a pivotal moment. Yeah. And that's like right around the time that I got hired at Reebok. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. So I was So still they offered you from apprenticeship to full time? To full time okay. on Classic. So it was all a very like exciting time. It was, I was so tired and like even, I was like pretty burnt out, I have to say, after like just my first year of working because mm-hmm. I like ran myself ragged. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was like so so rewarding to see that and so i think from there it was just like okay like there's something here man what a crash course to footwear development and design the ventmont reebok collaboration was her first project we're not talking about simple color swaps here if you haven't seen the shoe please look it up what may look like simple scribbles across a classic silhouette To Nicole's point, 
These are mass-produced designs that needed to be exactly the same for each and every pair. That process is very detailed and time-consuming in order to get it to a point where it's a scalable production model. Knowing this, it makes perfect sense why she's so meticulous with her concepts today. It's a true testament to her talent. And let's not forget, it's all about that grind. It's great to hear how hungry young designers still are. Don't ever take an opportunity for granted because you never know what that might bring you next. Working at one of the biggest footwear brands, working on a major shoe collaboration with a famous fashion house, or going back to the Monmouth Mall, even though there's nothing wrong with that. Shout out to Monmouth County. The awareness of her underdog mentality and confidence is what many should continue to have. She said it herself. She has the work ethic. She has the talent. It's just a matter of working to actually find that job. We can work so hard looking for an opportunity that when it finally comes knocking, we sometimes forget. Remember, that's not when you let up. That's actually when the real work begins. And for those who are in the position to provide an opportunity, keep your eyes out and truly gauge for potential. Be that Reebok HR personnel who took a chance on a bar crawl tee. There are so many young designers, writers, and thinkers who are willing to put in the work but just don't have the outlet. Be the enabler that can spot that diamond in the rough. A lot of people might not know this, but Reebok actually has a parent company. Mm-hmm. And the parent company is Adidas. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. you actually had a little opportunity to dip like a pinky toe into yeah. <laughs> the three stripes world. Can you talk a little bit about this process? Yeah. So it was actually pretty recent. Um, it was probably in like late September, early October of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Dolce mm-hmm. from the farm came to Reebok and was looking to get some people from Reebok at the farm. Oh, really? And to, to start that relationship and mm-hmm. be like, hey, we have this program here and like we've had a lot of Adidas uh, designers come through. Maybe we should try, try to start this relationship and see if anyone from Reebok would want to come. And it was like immediately I was like, I want to be there. Like, it's got to be me. Like, you knew, <laughs> but you knew what the farm was. I knew what the farm was. And like for me, it was like it sounded like Disneyland. Like I was like, oh my gosh, you get to go there and you get to like design yeah. and learn. And it was just like really exciting. And so I had a really great contact um, that put me in touch with Mark at mm-hmm. a time. So I was able to like meet with him and talk to him. But this was around like the earlier phases of me starting like my personal work that yeah. people kind of know me as today. Mm-hmm. And so I like just showed him a few of the things I had done. Like when he came to visit, I was like, hi, like I'm Nicole. Mm-hmm. I'm a graphic designer, but look, yeah. I can do maybe this too. Uh-huh. Um, what were some of the pieces, like the most recognizable pieces that you did at, at that, that time? time? Yeah. Uh, I did that volleyball shoe. Uh-huh. And then I did the first one that I really did that kind of took off was that L.O. Beatnik one. It's like this yellowish, uh, it's like an L.O. Bean fleece that uh-huh. I put on this like keen sole. Okay. Um, so I showed him that and then I showed him this Adidas sweatband slide thing that I made. It was like a terry cloth. It was cute. And like I made it like specifically because I knew he was coming. Okay. So you want a little three stripes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to like add some Adidas in there. Um, were you, um, this is such a stupid question, but were you like Instagram famous yet at this point? No, I had like, I think I had like 4,000 followers, maybe. That's pretty good. Like, I mean, <laughs> it, it was, I yeah, it was like. 
But that was just like of knowing like a lot of people like uh, okay in like bo- you hadn't like, gotten press yet or no, anything? no press okay. no none all right and so that yeah this was all really new for me mm-hmm. and like um but yeah I mean they and Mark me. Dolce is like an OG in yeah so like he's super OG were you like nervous interviewing I was nervous uh-huh. yeah because like I knew he was like super knowledgeable and like I didn't want to sound stupid talking to him yeah especially about like adidas or like even those like sneakers in general because mm-hmm. like i'm not a footwear designer and yeah. so i was like i'm a graphic designer but like i want an opportunity to work around footwear and work around apparel like and so he was really great and mm-hmm. like totally like i wasn't really sure like if he was hearing me because he just kind of gave me this like blank stare and i was <laughs> like oh my gosh like it was like that nervous like interview feeling but then he he was like yeah let's do it and right like, then and there He's like, I want to make this happen. And then, like, that weekend I got a call from my manager and was like, you're going. So literally within a week that I, like, went to New York for three months and and was able to to work at the farm, which was really, really cool and really, really intense. And I I think until you're really there, you don't understand, like, what happens there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I worked days that, like, it felt like, again, like, I was back in that, like, internship apprenticeship phase where I was like busting my ass all day Mm -hmm. and like but the time just flew by right like I was there I'd get there like in the morning there till like eight at night Mm -hmm. and it just didn't even feel like a day happened like it just would fly by that's so cool yeah and you lived in Brooklyn or you lived I lived in Brooklyn oh cool they put you up in this nice place and like you you really feel like you're embedded in Uh in New York and like that that was exciting for me and it was a nice like switch up like being in Boston the past few years it was like a really cool experience to be able to, to live here yeah, and, for sure. and to kind of get away for a little bit. So let's rewind us a little bit because you had already tinkered with some of these creations, yeah. right? Can you go back and remember, I mean, like when is the first time you decided I'm just going to fucking make some shit? Yeah. Like not work related, right? Because you're yeah. like grinding at the job. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to create something personal, you have to carve out that outside time. time. Mm-hmm. So what was the first time you're like, I'm making this, I'm yeah. doing this? Yeah. So... I mean, for me, it's so funny because, like, the stuff I'm doing now isn't new to me. It's just new to the the (laughs) The world. world, And, like, I was really scared for a while to kind of put myself out there and to show it, especially on Instagram. But I guess it was around, like, 2016, 2017, like, when I was still relatively new in Boston. That's when I was, like, starting to mess around, I guess, with footwear and, and that kind of stuff. And I made a shirt out of Dover Street Market tissue paper okay a it, wearable shirt it, like wearable, a conceptually, conceptually wear, yeah, yeah. wearable it had buttons on it it was like a true button i'm sure Damn, like it had like dope. it was really is really that, difficult is that on your instagram it's on my instagram it's it, on it my ripped. I, <laughs> <laughs> it ripped. Yeah, it was really delicate that sounds awesome it's though. It, it's in a ball right now because it just didn't last it's in a ball it's like <laughs> I just crunched, crunched it. it up it was like i tried to move and it just was yeah. it like a button-down shirt it was a button-down shirt. made out of the tissue paper the from tissue Dover paper Street. yeah i made like a full collar and everything and like it was just to kind of test myself to see like could i do this and i i was just I didn't have, like, a pattern for it. I went off of, like, an existing shirt that mm-hmm. I had, and I was just, like, kind of mimicking in that. Mm-hmm. And then... Wait, before... I want to understand the thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why? Well, Why? so I had this... <laughs> so I keep things, and, like, uh-huh. I I don't know. I just thought it was, like, aesthetically pleasing. So the I, tissue I paper. The tissue paper from, like, something I, I was something I bought, like, a long yeah. time ago, and it's just, like, 
sitting there uh-huh. and I was like cleaning my room and I was like looking and I was like, I feel like this could be something. And it has like that pattern mm-hmm. on it with, like, with the, the logo. Houses. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, it's like an AOP, like an all over print. And yes. that's like what I was doing at work was like uh-huh. making all over prints. And I was like, oh, it'd be really cool. as okay. like a shirt. And were, like, you, were you intrigued with like the branding of Dover mm-hmm. Street too? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just thought it looked so nice. So there's and like, like power of brand all over print. Mm-hmm. Interesting texture. Yeah. And then why a, a shirt though? It just, I had never seen that. I don't know. It just came to my mind. And I was like, I feel like this would be really interesting as a shirt. And like, <laughs> I, I really can't. Because some people think you're like a comedian almost. Like, you know what I mean? Like, are you looking for like the punchline of like, what is the most ridiculous thing that I could make yeah, with this? Yeah, I mean, okay. Is it that so or is, is there any of that in you? Is there no, a comedic Oh, yeah. Bone? I mean, there definitely is. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, there definitely is. There's some projects I do specifically knowing that it's like, this is a joke and some people take it so serious yeah. and I'm like, no, but, it's no, supposed you, to be fun. As a, as a comic, like you ride that line perfectly. <laughs> Whereas like, is she funny or is she serious? <laughs> That's the best. It's like Seinfeld, you know? Like you, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... I think that's like the the funnest part about it is like mm-hmm. where is that line like yeah. where can I draw that line and like pencil case pants is like yeah the I perfect mean, balance but it's wearable <laughs> and like it just it makes sense and like I don't know once you saw once I saw like the shirt mm-hmm. I think I sh- I picked shirt because I didn't have enough tissue paper to do anything else <laughs> yeah, with yeah. it and so and like I knew if I like did anything too aggressive it's gonna rip mm-hmm. and like now it's right. not together anymore but. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, like, my first introduction to that. And then, uh-huh. like, not so long after I did that, this, like, Ikea sandal with, like, an Ikea strap. Oh, yeah. And that went, like, a few weeks later. Yeah. I don't know. I just kept seeing Ikea everywhere. I don't want to say it was me. But it was just, like, it was timely. So it was the Ikea Tyvek shopping bag, the blue bag, mm-hmm. right? I and took you, the straps yeah. off it. I mean, as everyone has seen a million iterations of it iterations but i did this this like strappy sandal of Mm -hmm. it because i had a blue sole like that i found in the office that matched the blue blue, like perfectly and i was like ah like it's it's just like a match Uh it it just works and i have those moments a lot where it's like the colors just go together Mm -hmm. or like the sole and like i don't know it's just like you it just works sometimes i think the the interesting part about what I'm doing and like the question I get a lot is like about the souls and like that kind of stuff. Um, when I was, st- when we were still at Reebok in Canton, that was like mm-hmm. our original headquarters was yep. like kind of in the suburbs of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, it was before we moved and like we got the announcement that we're moving into Boston. Mm-hmm. So we actually still owned that building for a little bit and it was not really being used yeah. and we had it until the end of the year and it was this huge headquarters and it had old samples for like from like years and years and uh-huh. years of product and that like they didn't take to the new headquarters no and so that's the thing it's like with you these big corporations it's like we have a great archive so they take a lot of stuff uh-huh. and like we have um well just we just have a lot of product like yeah, that's naturally like how yeah. it goes and like you can't keep everything mm-hmm. and like you shred things and yeah. um i they were just boxes of these these samples of shoes that and like and behind. it's just one pair so it's like you can't like donate it or yeah. whatever it's, it's just like one side it's mean. one side yeah, yeah. yeah it's like it's it's useless it's garbage, so yeah. yeah and so like i would go back there uh-huh. on the weekends when because like everyone was like in this new office but we still had that building and i would just go there on the weekends and like rummage around and try dumpster to find dive, i was literally dumpster diving <laughs> in that place <laughs> the stuff that i found was like crazy but it was really cool because like that's when i started like 
taking mm-hmm. advantage of that yeah. and being like, hey, I have these resources Damn. and you got one use man's it. trash is another it's, person's it is my treasure. I will use Were you it. doing this with like a little crew of other designers or something? No, no one joined me in my, you in like my... on a weekend, just go back to the old mm-hmm. office. Yeah. Access key card in and yep. then just start rummaging, rummaging, rummaging. I know. I, I hope mean, you don't get in trouble for this. I know. I, they know, <laughs> I mean, I, I still do it there and like, it's, I it's do still it. there. It's still, you no, still no, no. Out. in like the new office. Cause like there's still, it's just a lot of like, trash and like it's samples <laughs> from like other brands too it's like mm-hmm. samples reference that you samples, reference yeah. samples things that you buy and like i don't know just things like laying around it's like or people's own personal things that they don't want anymore yeah. so they'll just bring it and like leave it there so like uh-huh. i mean i don't use anything that's like hasn't gone into production yeah. i don't use anything that's not an existing soul like mm-hmm. i if like i use like a zig shoe if mm-hmm. you know what that is from reebok like that's been out for years and years and years yeah, so yeah. it's like i'll just take one of those and right. it's like they're going to throw it out and mm-hmm. it's going to go burn in a shredder somewhere. <laughs> so like I might as well use it. Yeah. So that's kind of the mentality I had. And so I, I mean, my apartment started accumulating like so much stuff. Cause I was like, I can find a home for this. I can use mm-hmm. this. Um, Were you making this stuff at home or at work? At like home. the sewing part? I was hand sewing everything. Okay. Well, at first, I mean, cause I didn't know how to sew. And like, I, this like around the time when I made that Ikea shoe, like I was like, hot gluing stuff mm-hmm. at that point because i was like i i don't know i just want to get the idea out yeah yeah and that's where it was like it was so scary and i think a lot of people today like they're like oh well, i don't know how to sew so i can't do it and mm-hmm. i'm like it's an idea like yeah. it doesn't have to look perfect it doesn't have to look great like you just have to make it and see what happens and if you like the way it looks then like continue finessing that and like continue working on it until it looks good that's awesome yeah Thank it's you. like yeah, rapid it's, prototyping yeah just exactly just patch it just together. make it yeah. and then see if the vision is there because mm-hmm. like i mean for me it's like not everything i make looks good mm-hmm. after it's just like but the idea like will be there like one of the shoes i more recently did it was like um a beach ball mm-hmm. shoe and like i I got the, I found like a bunch of old beach balls, like at Goodwill, like in still in the packages. Yeah. And I bought it in like October, like November. And it just sat there because I was like looking at it and I was like, I know I can do something with this. I just don't know what it is. So the beach ball just sat there. It just sat there. And I was like looking at it. And then like one day it was just like, okay, I get it now. Like I just understand, like I just know what it should be. And like, sometimes you just have to like sit on Mm -hmm. it for a little bit and like think about it. Yeah. In our last episode of The Business of Hype, we talked with the one and only John Jay. One of his main pieces of advice is to always experiment. Experimenting in your life is one of the most valuable things that you can do. And the fear of failure is something we both consistently see that literally stops creative people in their tracks. The great thing about Nicole is she simply goes for it. Since the beginning, she lives by that and doesn't get ahead of the notion that what she might have might simply only be an idea, but she needs to get it out. And from this is where she can continue to finesse and make it better, realizing what she needs to do, or maybe just move on to the next idea. If there's ever an idea you might have, you should just go for it. If you're a graphic designer, but want to experiment by making a sculpture, do it. If you've been at an agency and you want to have a unique strategic perspective, step out and make that connection. There's nothing stopping you, and there's nothing stopping Nicole. She's doing all of this on her own. She can find inspiration from retail packaging, dumpster diving for souls, and just stitching something together that is some of the funniest but eye-catching pieces of all time. 
all of this without someone second-guessing those moves for her. Take it upon yourself to make your ideas come to life. Let's talk a little bit about the Ikea sandal okay. because, and the, you know, you said it went viral mm-hmm. and going viral. Yeah, that was the first time, that was the first time I ever experienced like viral on even like a smaller scale. Yeah. It, it was on like Watson or something, uh-huh. one of, like one of those design sites. It like yeah. reposted it and I like felt famous for like five seconds. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I got a hundred likes. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, that's kind of when I experienced like, what that is and also like what it feels like with when people take your idea. And Uh like, I mean, I'm not the first person that ever did anything with Ikea. So like there was other things that have been done before me, but it was like in that moment when I did that slipper, that's around the time that everything started popping Mm -hmm. up. And so that's actually around the time that I got scared and didn't post my work for a long time. Why? Cause I was like, someone's going to take my idea. Someone's oh. going to do that. And I got like really butthurt mm. about it and was mm. like, I don't want someone to steal my idea. And then like, I don't, there was like a huge shift. And I think it was like, I don't want to say like a coming of age, but it was like a, it was just like, I've had this moment and it wasn't even that long ago where I was like, listen, Nicole, like, <laughs> like look at yourself and like, you're not the first person to ever think of an idea. And like, this is a platform that you can use like to show your ideas. And if you're consistent about it Mm -hmm. and you can come up with these ideas and show that like, you're not just like a one track mind and like, you're just one Ikea shoe and that's all you are. Then like put it out, there. put it out there. And like, after I had that mentality, that's when things took off because I was, I was so scared that I was going to get ripped off. And like, you can't cause like someone else is going to always make something. And like, Mm -hmm. as long as if you're confident, like what you're making and like you put it out there, like, I mean, you're always at risk. Yeah. But like, I don't know. And to me, my ideas are like, it, it doesn't, it's not permanent. And mm-hmm. that's, that's something that people kind of don't understand about my work. It's like, I, I just make something just for the idea. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like. Make a brand. Make a brand. Right, right. Sell these things. Uh-huh. Like, it's, it's just an idea. And like, I'll always come up with something else. So mm-hmm. you can steal my idea, but I'll always come up with something else. Yeah. And if you are consistent, you'll be known as the creator of all of these ideas. Yeah, which is so cool. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I get so excited because like, sometimes now people are like, oh, yeah, I saw this like slipper and it made me think of you. Or like, mm-hmm. now when I see like, well, like those stupid like hand wipes, like I think of you. <laughs> the pop up hand, the wipe. pop up hand wipes, uh, which had so many gross memes from it. It was <laughs> terrible. That's another thing that comes with this is like these mm-hmm. memes are like so stupid. Um, do you get? Um, I, I don't know if you like read all your comments, but do you get like hate comments too, um, or is it mostly supportive? It's mostly supportive. Good. I get a few here and there (laughs) and like it used to bother me and like I used to get like a little bit not like I was more just like they don't understand like I need them to understand like what I'm doing and Mm -hmm. like and like after a while you just you can't you can't just like fight that you just have to let it happen and like I mean I'm doing what I like to do and like not every project is everyone's cup of tea I guess but like for me it's like it's fun yeah Yeah. and like I enjoy doing it it's art it's art to me Mm -hmm. And, and that's like the biggest thing right now is like the comments that I get, they're like, oh, you could be making so much money. Like, why don't you sell this? And like, I just, in this day and age for somebody not to be able to just access something at the tip of their fingers, like I, I, they could just buy it right then. Mm -hmm. I like having that authority in that sense where it's like, 
you don't have to own everything. Like nice. you don't have to buy every single thing that you see. And mm. like, it's not like that. So that's a very strategic move on your part too. Yeah. Cause it would have been the natural thing for most people to be like bid now on yeah. eBay. You yeah. Know? And like, it's not. And like, even, even doing so, I recently launched my small yeah. web store and that was a very smart decision and difficult decision for a few reasons just because I have a lot of waste now from the projects that I do, especially mm-hmm. when I work with like jackets and fleeces and stuff. Yeah. I keep everything. Like mm. I don't throw stuff out and like it's accumulating. To, yeah. Like, I could imagine. Nines. It's terrible. <laughs> but like, I don't want to throw these things out. So that's when I started making these like small bags. Uh-huh. And so like right now I'm like, okay, if I can just produce like a few bags, make some profit that goes right back into the stuff that I'm doing so yep. I can afford to be able to have this hobby. Yeah. Like then I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And like it gives people a little bit more, I don't know, um, feeling of like connection to me as a person, me as like a brand, I yeah. guess in it's that like your way. Merch. Yeah. <laughs> and like, cause but like, you've never sold a shoe yet. No, I've never sold okay. a shoe. Do you, um, do you like pristinely display them in your home? No, no. Please tell me they're not like just no, they're tossed in, all over the yeah, place. They are. They're in like, I have like these, um, bins that these like, I don't know. Rubbermaid things? Yeah, there's like Rubbermaid bins. They put them in there. And a lot of them don't exist anymore. Why? Because I reuse elements or the soles or whatever. Oh, I take them off. That's so blasphemy. It's, I mean, it's hard. There's a few I've kept there. And like now I have to be smarter about it because like I'm just starting to show uh-huh. in some spaces. I yeah. did like a recent like women's in Boston like art gallery mm-hmm. kind of thing so i was displaying some things there so thankfully i have a few that are still intact so i think going forward you'll save them i'll save them Good. but <laughs> it's, it's hard it's hard and then like some don't say like i made a shoe out of balloons like that was gone yeah. the next day <laughs> so like, right, right. things like that um you and know when when you go back and you said um the thing about like when social media started to happen and people started rip your stuff off and then you were like afraid to post um the revelation of just saying like just put it out there Mm -hmm. what prompted that revelation like you know like you said you talked to yourself but was there like a friend or like a mentor or were you just like coming to these realizations on your own I think um in this instance I've had a lot of great mentors and Mm -hmm. a lot of great advice from people but it, it was in this moment where I was like I can't be scared it was just me telling myself because I had made that L.O. Bean one and I was like, this is really cool. And like, I want to show somebody this. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to keep this to myself. And like, I posted it. Mm-hmm. And like, I was getting these comments, which was like really interesting at that time was like, it was like, oh, what year is this from? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I made it. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and like, it was just so cool for people to think like it was an actual yeah. shoe. And like, yeah, I mean, I think it was just like that. I hit that point where I was like, wow. I have so many ideas that I'm like, Mm-hmm. holding in and like the world i guess will never see them yeah. but you know social media for a lot of young people it's like it could be paralyzing mm. you know where yeah. like you just you're like so stuck and it sounds like you hit that point yeah. where you're like oh i don't know what to do now yeah and a lot of people can't it really affects them mentally and like mm-hmm. you know it can't they can't get past it so i just wanted to know if there was like a guiding voice or if you were just sort of like confident enough to I, tell yourself yeah that. no and i mean i found that confidence but social media is such a challenging thing and like we're I, everyone's talking about it now but it's like 
for me, I don't want to re- like I don't want to rely on that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to rely on like Instagram because like what happens when it's not there anymore? Yeah. Like and like I'm using it to my advantage where it's like I'm able to show these people like the stuff that I can do. Mm-hmm. But like in the future, I see it being more like print or like working with actual brands or like Mm -hmm. doing these things so it's not so like superficial like on the internet and that like you You want it to be real yeah Yeah. and like i think the the cool part about it is like seeing it in person Mm -hmm. people get really excited to see it because it's like you get a a different experience it's not just like oh you see it like on your page for Mm -hmm. a second like it's it's and there's other things in culture now that i'm noticing like there's a comeback with vinyl records Mm -hmm. like these old school barber shops are like popping up yeah. everywhere. There's like something where people want to get offline now. Yeah, you know? and it's the it's the experience that comes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you lose that experience yeah. on on social media, and it's it's sad. And I it's exciting that people are recognizing it finally. Mm-hmm. That it's like this isn't like what we sh- yeah this isn't life. <laughs> this isn't what we should be relying on. And like especially right. for artists too, it's like you have to like use it when you can to your advantage. But like you need to get out there. You need to meet people and talk mm-hmm. to people. And like, I try to answer people when I can. And like my, even like my first drop, I wrote each of them like a handwritten note yeah. <laughs> about like what they bought. Cause like in the caption, you mean? No, like, Oh, a handwritten note it, like, card. When I, when I sent them <laughs> this stuff, cause it was like, it was exciting for me that they like wanted to buy something uh-huh. from me. And so I wrote them each a note about like the products that they, they bought. And mm-hmm. like, I think buying, buying into this was buying into the experience. So mm-hmm. you're buying a piece of that project. And so like it's the leftovers from yeah. X project, but some of them have really cool stories. Like the hat short mm-hmm. that yeah. I did, that was, I did make a bag out of mm-hmm. it and that was like my grail. And I was so happy that someone bought that one. Yeah. Um, but I wrote him a note, the guy that bought it. And I was like, the hats that I got for this, I bought like while I was on a trip in Amsterdam. And like, I just so happened to find like all uh-huh. these hats. So it's like, I don't know. You want the experience and you lose that on social media. Definitely. Yeah. The topic of social media has always been a divisive discussion on the business of hype. On the one hand, we understand the usefulness and the strengths it brings to an overall company, a brand's products, or in Nicole's case, an artist's work. There's the exposure, the sense of community it builds, and the awareness that spreads for what you're working on. It definitely helps me reach out to all of you listening on a daily basis. But on the other hand, we need to better understand how to use it and how to make it affect us or not affect us. It can be debilitating and do more damage than good. Take some time and determine the purpose of why you need to be online. Is it for people to buy what you have? Is it an outlet to get people to see your work? Is it a way for you to connect to people outside of your own town or city? Whatever the reason, try to be clear about it with yourself and never lose sight of the world that exists outside of that. You know, the real world. Nicole knows about the ups and downs of social media. She felt instant love with the Ikea sandal and then felt an instant blow to her confidence once people would copy the ideas she posted. Just as much as you can really shape these online platforms as your tool, you can shape an offline experience to something that's true to you and true to what you're trying to build. Remember, what you see online is oftentimes the finished product. The brainstorm sessions, the hard work, and the failures. 
you rarely get to see that on social media, but that doesn't mean that they don't exist. Um, let's call your life crazy right now, yeah, right? So let's, I assume your life is crazy <laughs> right now. When did it start getting crazy? Ooh, I like, it just like, it keeps getting crazier. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like on, on a weekly it, basis. It's I like, bet. yeah. And like, I just never thought this would be me, uh-huh. I guess. And like, because it happens so fast yeah. and like, I didn't realize how fast this can happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like excited. Like the first article I did was actually with Vogue, which I was like freaking out about. It was like, Vogue wants to talk to me. It was like, what? <laughs> um, and that was in November. So like, what was the object that they like? The tennis ball. The tennis ball. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that one is still like when people think of maybe one project mm-hmm. from me, like that's like one that they gravitate towards. Um, and so like, it's hard because I feel like a lot of people are capitalizing on like different aspects of it, like for the sustainability mm-hmm. aspect of it, which I mean, I'm super excited about that. People are like, I didn't know that recycled materials could look this good. Yeah. And like for me, like that's so sick. Like, right. That's exactly what I want you to think. Um, but then it's also like thinking about brands in a new way, like mm-hmm. thinking about these underrated brands, like even a brand like Coleman or like, yeah. I don't know, even like Wilson, or Wilson, yeah. like it's brands that you don't think about, but that's another like strategic thing because we're so oversaturated by like the same few brands. It's like, like the hype brands, the hype brands. And it's like, you see Nike, Adidas, mm-hmm. blah, 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 like over and over again. And it's like to see a different brand that can look cool or interesting. Yeah. Like even, I mean, I know that for me, my work isn't like something that everyone likes, but it at least I think my point of view is a little bit different than mm-hmm. other people. So that's what it grabs your attention, whether you like it or not. It like kind of it makes you stop in your feet. Yeah. Really, it does. Oh, yeah, thank it's you. arresting. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And so that's that's been like the coolest thing is to give almost those underrated brands mm-hmm. that like platform and like that space. And it's been really cool because these brands have now like started to reach out to me and like. Yeah. Want to like work or like right. s- say nice things. And it's, it's really cool because like, I'm just doing it cause I like these brands. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't make a project or like post anything about a brand that like I didn't feel some type of connection towards. Yeah, right. And like, that's, I mean, that's like a big part mm-hmm. of this thing. And it's yeah. like, it's not, it's not cause I'm, I'm doing it cause I want to cash a check or like, mm-hmm. it's because I genuinely have a connection, yeah. have a connection right. like as a child or yeah. like, just like, I don't know, it's an outdoor brand and I'm pretty crunchy myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's getting crazy. Life's getting crazy, right? Yeah. And I could imagine like you have sort of two personalities now, right? Mm-hmm. It, you have, you wake up, you go to work, you have a nine to five. I have corporate Nicole. <laughs> yeah, you have corporate Nicole. And then you have Nicole where her phone is melting during oh the day goodness. because of like, <laughs> I'm sure DMs, comments, you know, like email requests for interviews. Yeah. It's crazy. So are you, how is, how is uh, let's call it this like work-life balance going for you oh now? Oh my goodness. It's super difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I don't sleep. <laughs> yeah. You have two full-time have two lives. I have two full-time lives. And I mean, I like both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard because like it's been me just trying to like maintain both of them in the highest regard and yeah, like yeah. not lose like either, either yeah. you know? And so... I think the personal stuff, and this is something that I always like talk to people about and my friends and like getting yourself to go home and do personal projects Mm -hmm. sometimes is so hard. Yeah. Like 
it's just exhausting if you it's work a much easier to go to a bar and just watch tv yeah, and go to bed. <laughs> exactly exactly and i was doing that for a while but then i started to feel like i wasn't like a designer anymore even though i was still doing like something creative during the day mm-hmm. when you work for the man mm-hmm. in quotations <laughs> <laughs> um you you don't always get all of your ideas out there, even yeah. if it's like I mean it's still stuff you're excited about or passionate about, but it's it's not always you at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So that's like a big driving factor in this. And like I think my work has been very true to me yeah. as a person, and like that's like the quirkiness of it or like mm-hmm. whatever. It's and like I love that people will like now take this the time outside of work to like focus on these things, and like yeah. that's how you. That's what it's for. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you should be doing. If, right. like, you're excited, if you're creative, like, take that time and, yeah. like, use it. Right. True designers should never actually clock out. That yeah. does, doesn't and make any And also, like, working a nine-to-five job as a creative is really, really difficult. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I use my nine-to-five to go to the meetings and answer the emails that I have to do, and I'm still doing graphic design work, yeah. like, at night, yeah. along with the projects that I'm doing. So Oh, for work, too. Yeah, for work, oh, okay. outside of work (laughs) it's always just work but it's fun and like Uh I like I like doing it and like I wouldn't be doing all this stuff Mm -hmm. if I if I didn't enjoy it yeah I agree I mean we have like clients that want us to be like um how many what's your hourly rate how many hours will you bill and I'm like we don't I'm not gonna charge you per hour like I dream about your shit you know like if I'm working (laughs) on it it will be my so I'm gonna bill you for Mm -hmm. the hours I sleep too it's crazy yeah no you should never turn off exactly um so where do you see, like, in, if you could draw, like, the most perfect future for Nicole, what does it look like? Ooh. Are you, like, an, are you just a, <laughs> a full-time artist? Like, it's so weird because you could go brand route. Mm-hmm. You could go label route. You could mm-hmm. go collab route. You could go pure artist route. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> standing there looking at all of it right now. <laughs> and it's, it's been really hard, and I've been very, like pragmatic I guess about what that next step is Mm -hmm. because I don't want to limit myself and I don't want to just take one opportunity because it's a fast check or something Mm -hmm. that's and that's exactly what I'm avoiding so like me going into my own personal brand like mass producing shoes is not probably the next step Uh I mean I'm not to not to say that I'm never going to sell shoes or I'm never going to make customs or something. It's it's more just like right now, at least in this moment and like for the next foreseeable future, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really want to be mass producing things. Mm-hmm. I don't want to contribute more waste into yeah. the world. I don't have the resources to be hand making one-offs for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I do see it kind of going both ways like with an art route where I do still have these conceptual pieces mm-hmm. because I mean I do a lot of conceptual work that doesn't even make it onto mm-hmm. the gram because that's stuff that I like to keep for myself. Um, <laughs> and also probably a little bit too out there for some people, but, and then I think the brand route is pretty interesting to work with brands like mm-hmm. from the outside and kind of take their own brand and kind of like spin it on yeah. them and teach brands to be a little bit more light about their product. And like, they don't have to be so like worried, like a franchise product has to look this certain Mm -hmm. way, like every time. And like, I think that's the coolest part that I could see about it is like, how can I take their own product that they've actually put out into the world already and like throw it back on their face and be like, look what it could be. Mm -hmm. When you say more light, can you, what do you mean by that? Like brands, they're so (laughs) uh, like, I mean, just working for 
like a corporation, you you can see that they're very worried about the products that they make in that like one false move and if they try to be like ironic about something or if they try to like play poke fun Mm -hmm. at something of the past or whatever and i mean it's hard this in this day and age because you have to kind of like keep have your boundaries and protect everything but at the same time you could it's it shows in the product it really does like everything looks like Mm -hmm. when you have the safety on for everything Mm -hmm. then your product looks hella safe yeah it does and And you're saying so when you say be like maybe you also mean like just let loose like yeah. be a little bit reckless at times right yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. yeah and i mean that's the most exciting thing right now is like getting messages from these brands and actually getting comments from the people that work at the brands of like the things that i post getting oh, like excited right. about it yeah because like, you you highlight brands that often get no love unfortunately yeah. <laughs> and like i i have like one friend that works for columbia uh-huh. um and like he gets so excited when I do stuff like with Columbia work, like because he's just like it's it's so funny to see it in that way. It's refreshing to hear Nicole's approach and dedication to her work. Everything that she does is with purpose. Her work doesn't have to be fully thought out. Yes, there is a level of rapid prototyping she does. But the larger purpose of why she's creating these concepts is crystal clear. She's a creative who continuously thinks and finds a use for something she sees, whether instantly or over a long period of time. It's never about chasing the bag. It's never about being the biggest gram account. It's never about working with the biggest brand possible. It's about putting herself in a position to always create and to push her ideas to the next level. That's pure creativity. And that's why I have a deep respect for her. When you think beyond the money or the title, that's when you can do something different. Now, I can't knock someone for getting what they want, but always think about the reason for it all. Then challenge that constantly. Try to poke holes in it. This will actually allow you to continue creating opportunities to do things on your own terms. Well, thank you for coming on the show. This was amazing, enlightening. Yeah. Um, it, it's awesome to, to interview people at this point in their careers because now from here, we get to see where you go off into. Yeah, I'm really excited. Cool. Thank you for thank having you. me. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this inspiring episode with the clever and ingenious Nicole McLaughlin. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I personally use Anchor FM. They have this great new feature called voice messages. Anchor's voice messages allow you to just leave me and my team a voice recording to tell us what you think of the show, who you want to see on future episodes, and ask any business questions you might have or personal life questions, whatever, I'm game. Also, leave a comment and rating on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you think of the show. Tell a friend about the show, spread the word. It definitely helps out a lot. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I am at Jeff Staple. The Business of Hype is created in collaboration with Bright Young Things. You can check out their work at byt.nyc. Our director is Daniel Novetta. Our audio engineer is David Rogers Berry. 
Our associate producers are Sydney Pacumpera and Christina Hong. This episode was recorded at the Staple Design headquarters in Soho, New York City. I am Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to the Business of Hype on Hype Beast Radio. I want to um, I want to do a little exercise here. Okay. I'm going to bring up a couple of posts that you've done. Okay. And then I just want to show you, and then you could, if can you walk us through like mm-hmm. what was the thought process and you know how you came about these pieces and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's go to uh, an older one. All right. There was some there was some selfies back before all of my product started flooding. Okay, let's do. Adi hotel slippers made from sweatbands. Yeah. This is the one you mentioned making Mm -hmm. for the interview with Mark, right? Yeah. So I did that very specifically, but I was just thinking about like those white hotel slippers that you get. And like it has that like... (laughs) Robe-like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a terry cloth. Um, And I was thinking about, I was like, well, what other like material has that, Mm -hmm. I guess? And like I was thinking like towels and that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, sweatpants actually. And I loved the Adidas logo on it. And mm-hmm. like, I wanted to play that up. And that's kind of where you start seeing like the r- repetition of the logo. Yeah. How many sweatpants did you have to buy for this mm, or find? I think I found like a few and I actually had to buy a few just to, to make up for it. We actually had them in the office. Oh. I, 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 <laughs> like, and that's, um, is this I hot glue? It, so no it's actually sewed i hand sewed that one oh, okay yeah i all think right. there was like six or seven total this one's one of my all-time favorite beanies ah the beanies okay so i had a when this i was is, this, this is, is all over carhartt beanies Call, okay. yeah carhartt beanies so i was actually that's this is when i was living in new york uh-huh. there's this place called pops it's in greenpoint mm-hmm. and it's like a workwear store and okay. like the manager and the daughter like fight in the store. They're it's, fighting in the they, store. They always fight in the store. <laughs> it's like such a it's pops fighting with daughter. Yeah, <laughs> I love that store. <laughs> I love it, and there was so much drama. Um, but I went in there, and they had this box of like old Carhartt beanies that were like snagged, and okay, like, like little like yeah, snack, and yeah. so they were like selling them for like way cheaper. Uh-huh. And I was like, how many you got in there? And there was like a bunch, so I just bought the whole thing. <laughs> I bought the whole thing and that's how I was able to make that slipper and I and made beanies part the two part which two. is a turtleneck sweater yeah well because a lot of the time so if I do a part two which is usually like an apparel piece or whatever mm-hmm. it's because like there's still something there mm-hmm. in that like brand or that like the look of it and I don't want to like just give up on like the idea so I kind of evolve it to the next <laughs> thing yeah but that was the first uh that was the first garment I ever made okay I like the garment direction so let's go to reusable eco bags from whole foods yeah i love those (laughs) (laughs) so it's a vest made out of Mm -hmm. whole foods like recyclable bags yeah well i liked that i liked the message behind like the sustainability and like this should be the whole foods that's what i was like thinking i was like this could be their uniform like i can like outfit them um (laughs) it worked i had like a functioning pocket (laughs) wow Mm -hmm. okay and then um I love this one as well. I can't. Oh, is this polo? Polo pockets. Yeah. It's made out of polo pockets. Like oh, the whole shorts is the pocket of of the the, polo shirt. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of shirts. That's a lot of shirts. Goodwill, $2 for one (laughs) shirt. 
And so, and that was amazing. A lot of extra fabric that I made bags and I donated it back to Goodwill. Oh, so you <laughs> took the excess polo shirt mm-hmm. and made like just some bags, totes, like tote bag type yeah, things, and just sent and it back. Brought it back to Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. It's because I don't want to wait. Waste do you put it. a label in it? Not the ones that I put in Google. Okay. So do you put a label in some like the newer stuff? The that newer you do? stuff. The one that I, the ones I sold uh-huh. online. I have my a new it's label. It's your name on it. Yeah. So maybe someone has one of my pieces out there, and they That's don't even so know. That's so cool. That reminds <laughs> me of like um, when Banksy just set up like an art stand in Central Park one day. Yeah. Like gorilla style. So good. Yeah. So good. Okay, and then this one I think goes back to your to your childhood. Oh, my lacrosse. lacrosse. Yeah. I was just like thinking. Stick shoe. Stick shoe. It's just so (laughs) funny because like it just gives you that shape. And that's like a way more conceptual one. And you could tell like the people that write on it like don't necessarily understand. They're like, why would you do this? And it's like, (laughs) think of the shape and like how like the pocket of like the lacrosse. (laughs) Yo, shout out. Shout out Lemmy G with the caption, with the comment, lacrosse the line with this one. Lacrosse the line. <laughs> the caption, the comments that I get are so good. I love them. They make me so happy. 